1: Ty's got good hair.
4: Chuck, who played better golf this week, and you or Brian Harmon.
1: Well, Brian Harmon by a long shot. (laughs) Now I didn't, uh, I didn't waggle my club as much as he did, but uh, wow, that you may start now. (laughs) Holy cow, it was tough to watch him without waggle. But man, he played great. I I kept, you know, I watched yesterday morning with the idea that he'd falter a little bit, and and he kind of wavered a time or two early, but. He righted the ship, and he
3: just cruised. Man, the caddy is the MVP on a deal like that. When when it is as wet as it was for seemingly four days, but certainly the last two, um, I mean, keeping those grips dry, keeping everything dry, That the caddy's the MVP
1: of the whole deal. I don't know if I'd go that far about MVP. He was important, but Brian Harmon was the MVP. I understand, but uh, that is tough conditions. It was a great team, no doubt about it. And as they described on TV, at a pro shop underneath that umbrella. But he was (laughs) uh, his caddy. And and they did talk a good bit on the telecast about the teamwork that is required between the golfer and the caddy on a day such as yesterday. But, man, Brian Harmon just kept hitting shot after shot. And putt after putt. What was he? 57 of 58 inside 10 feet, 58 of 59. I mean, that's just, that's not worldly. And when you putt like that, you're going to win.
3: Particularly in those conditions. All right, you can join us on the McClarty Daniel hotline this morning, 877 377 6963. We got things cranked up here. Moving in on the end of July, boys. What are we, 40 days? 40 days. 40 days till football. You, you uh, getting those. Vocals ready there, Chuck.
1: For uh, your first, it's not going to be long. Yeah. it's not going to be long. It really, uh, and I think we had a little, little twinge of fall in the air, maybe for a little while <laughs> over the weekend. So it, uh, you know, kind of made people think about. Is 92 it. Is ninety two fall like for you? Well, I mean, it was. Uh, I think, from what I understand, it was. Um, it was. It was. Very comfortable on Friday.
3: It was. Yeah. It was that. All right. Six locations in Springdale and Bentonville. A good deal is never far away. You can find McClarty Daniel online at McLartyDaniel.com.
4: Landon Jackson is number 40. Hopefully he has a, a great season ahead. He, again, was one of the representatives along with Rocket and KJ at SEC Media Days. And we've already got a call this morning from really where, uh, where KJ is from. Larry is in Sardis, Mississippi. This morning. Larry, welcome in the morning rush. I know you're excited about football season.
2: Yes, sir, but it's Sardis, Arkansas, my friend. We got ah. we got we got Sardis is here in Arkansas too. Oh uh, I appreciate you, uh, but I don't want to be lumped with greatness that <laughs> way. So. where is uh,
4: help, Larry, help me out for uh forgive my ignorance. Where's Sardis, Arkansas? Sardis
2: is so small if you blink your uh loss, but it's in the very south. East corner of Saline County. Okay. I'm a Slane County boy. There you go. But, hey, it, uh, the last week of July, it starts a preseason football. And, they, you know, you got the Hall of Fame game. If it ain't played, it's coming up, which tells me it's football season. You know, uh, them 40 days, Chuck, you better get, get them workouts going. It ain't be here before we
1: know it. Huh? Yeah, I'll have to get my senior workouts going so yeah. I can. Right, uh, hey, no, ready for no, don't be like movement. that. I'm probably older than you are. Don't be like <laughs> hey,
2: that now. <laughs> don't kid yourself.
3: Chuck's been down at the mall every morning walking. So, That's I mean, right. he's mall walking. That's exactly he's got his, right. He's got his Velcro's on tight. Well, he's got his Velcro's on tight. He's got his New Balance Velcro's all strapped up. He's he's getting his steps in. Yeah, but let's.
2: But you do a lot of looking when you get to be our ages. You sure he wasn't doing <laughs> more looking than he was walking, well, or what? No, know. You know? know. It was a brisk, was a brisk pace. So. Hey, there's one more thing, guys. I love y'all's station so much. I I don't mean to be rude, Tommy, but hey, extend y'all's hours a little bit and extend the uh, half times, and don't mess with that uh, national jump. <laughs> You're oh, to, put us uh, to y'all. work a little more. <laughs> well, y'all are so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, will, you i'd never turn the station if y'all if y'all stayed on there i mean i mean that honestly you know uh, when the national folks come on they don't talk as much razorbacks or nothing like that and they got to go I, <laughs> you know I uh, hear uh, you. but i love y'all show brother i mean i do almost anything to get it and you know i do because it's hard to get uh here in uh in central arkansas y- y'all are hard to pull out but uh we do every. We pull out everything we can to get y'all, and we love y'all, and we appreciate it very much. Larry, uh, keep thank up you. the great work, guys.
4: And you can you can always listen to us not just kind of where he's at in Saline County, but on hitthatline.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Even when you're not in the listening area, let's let's be blunt. I mean, if Derek and Zach can do five hours of live radio, <laughs> I think we could do four. I think that's the, uh, I think that's... Well, it's not awesome, a matter right? of
3: can or, or could, you know.
4: <laughs> so. Now, of course, you'd have to double my salary if you added another hour of this show. Yeah. That would have to work. That and seems of course, equitable. And you'd have to yeah. triple Chucks. That um, seems very equitable. Just want to make yeah. sure that everyone is taken care of yeah. here on the morning right. rush. And again, quadruple Christians. that, that sure. feels, Does that feel fair enough, guys? Chuck, Christian, does that oh. feel fair? You Whatever
1: you'd like to do, Chai. You Whatever agent, you'd like you know? to do.
4: I mean, i I just want to. I just want to help people out, help yeah. coworkers out as best we can. Well, I didn't. Again, I got I got in line this morning. Didn't know there was a Sardis, Arkansas, but yeah. we know Larry's excited. I did not know
2: that either. I, I just I assumed he meant well, Mississippi too.
4: We're so used to talking about. KJB from Sardis, Mississippi mm. just again, you know, you know what they say about assuming, but assume that he's excited, man. He's excited. Chuck, do you have a when do you fully start prepping for the season? He kind of kind of alluded to there. When do you really start getting into the weeds on some of the stuff?
1: Oh, it'll be a little bit. Probably when practice starts. You know, I think that's when you begin to see who lines up where and maybe what some of the tendencies are and, you know, if they've got new things in mind. I think that's really when you start to pay attention.
4: Well, we got the announcement on Friday that the SEC from Birmingham, the predicted order of finish, the West and the East, and the all-SEC teams. Arkansas has four guys represented in the all-SEC teams. Expected Rocket Sanders, expected K.J. Jefferson. You also got Brady Latham and Dwight McLaughlin as second-teamers. In terms of where Arkansas is predicted to finish this season, they had them at fifth. Now they, again, Arkansas has finished twice higher than originally predicted under Sam Pittman and then finished a little lesser last year than they were expected to. So guys, just kind of your thoughts on the, the four players and where Arkansas was uh, put this fourth this season. You know, they don't put the, the, the points
3: or the number of votes or any of that out with the players. We, we see it with the teams. I'd be interested to know, and they don't give us that, how close was Jaden Daniels and KJ in this vote between First, first and second team. We don't. We don't have a clue if it was anywhere close to a to a contest here. But Chuck, uh, I, I'm. I'm gonna tell you. I'm a mi- mildly surprised. KJ did get the nod for the second team. Doesn't have anything to do with KJ or his abilities. I just didn't know if the media would completely buy on buy in on him enough to put him in the second
1: team as a whole. Well, I've got no argument with any of the picks. I mean, there are a lot of good players in our league, and when you've got three teams, you know. Um, if you think a guy's an all-conference player, there's a pretty good chance he's going to make one of those first three teams. I don't know exactly, you know, these are all familiar names. There's going to be some guys that I would imagine emerge as the season goes on. I'm not really sure what to think about all of it. I'm, I'm, you know, I realize that people are going to pick what they're going to pick, but, you know, I, I listened to Phil the other day, and I just think the you know I think the polls a mo- you know I, I think the votes for Vanderbilt and some of the others just just made a mockery of the poll and um, unfortunately you know it it, it kind of lends itself to you know you wonder about some of the you know the player selections I, I was just um, I was surprised that Vanderbilt got eight first place votes I was surprised that Auburn got four frankly I was surprised that Arkansas got three. Surprised? Mississippi State got one. Um, I, I just think that makes a mockery of it. And, you know, it affects where a team finishes in terms of the media polls. So um, I was a little disappointed in that, frankly. Yeah.
4: Tommy uh, brought it up earlier. The only SEC West team not to get a first-place vote was Old Miss. So you have, again, a, a bunch of them selected at this point. I – Listen, I, I just want to be honest. I did not vote Arkansas. I've already had, had people asking me if I voted them first. I did not have them at that. But I I could, based on what certain of those teams have, I mean, Will Rogers is one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. He was picked third team all SEC. You look at some other teams in the West, while well, Alabama and LSU were still the top dogs, and that was really close. We talked about that earlier. I mean, I I think there are scenarios that we've talked about with the West being as wide open as it is. I don't think it's just a... A said and done fact that LSU or Bama are going to take this thing, even though well, it's I'm not going to saying
1: that. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about Vanderbilt getting eight first place votes on the other side. And how did that affect you know the eighth that voted Vanderbilt first place in the Eastern Division? Who did they vote for toward the bottom of the West? Who among those three for Arkansas, four for Auburn, one for Mississippi State? I would imagine that in the, within that group, you're going to find the same people that voted Vanderbilt number eight. Uh, or uh, uh, voted Vanderbilt number one. Um, Here's my issue with the whole thing. I've watched this Media Days thing unfold for about 30 years now, and the SEC has turned it into a week-long pep rally. It's a fan event. I think you got a lot of fanboy media people there, just to be perfectly blunt about it. I don't know how else to say it. Um, I think we are crossing the line where there are so many media people there that they make it a celebration of themselves (laughs) it's a celebration of themselves it's a week-long party for the media they're celebrating themselves and everybody wants to attract attention to themselves while they're over there now i think that's reflected in the questions i think it's reflected in the interviews and i think it's really reflected in the voting when it comes for, you know, when it comes to the conference standings, um, eight people voted Vanderbilt first place in the Eastern Division. I'm sorry, but Phil's right. It makes a mockery of the entire thing. And when people in within the media wonder why people don't take them seriously, this is why. This is why. Uh, media days are not a celebration of the media. Now, the SEC's turned it into that. and A lot of this is their own fault, frankly. But I've seen this thing evolve or devolve or whatever term you want to use over the course of the years, and this is kind of where we've gotten to. And um, it's become more and more the media making it about the media. And I think that's a little unhealthy. And I think that's why we're seeing some of the things that we're seeing right now reflected in these votes.
4: K.J. Jefferson got asked about the rankings, not only from the All-SEC perspective on Wednesday, but also just where the team slotted to finish. Here's what he said about that.
2: I mean, I try not to focus on the rankings too much. I mean, I just want to go out there
1: and put my team in the best position to win and also just perfect my craft and do what I can do to make sure I'm leading the right way, but being vocal, make sure I'm an extensive coach on the field. So just being able to just come out each and every day and just grind and work and also just bring my teammates along. So that's,
4: again, we can talk about where Arkansas slotted to finish. They haven't been selected right in any of the years that Sam Pittman has been head coach. We can talk about KJ being the second teamer, which we kind of thought it was going to be. But at the end of the day, I mean, Tommy, I'll go back to something you always say. It's about the postseason accolades, not the preseason.
3: No, and I'll pay a lot more attention to the coaches' selections and what the coaches vote. While there's a lot fewer of them, I, I, I trust their eyes and their judgment to it, and you can make the argument that SIDs fill it out. I think when it comes to this, coaches do pass their eyes over it, and they do make sure that um, that the right names get on their list and on their ballot because they don't want to be called out for it. So uh, I, I do think, because we saw Steve Spurrier have that happen to him a while back, um, I, I, those are the preseason predictions that I like to see, and certainly in the postseason is what do the coaches think of the other players in their league?
1: Well, look, this is all fun this time of year, and I enjoy it as much as anybody else. And I read the predictions and look and, um, you know, gobble it up just like everybody else does. But everybody's just guessing. Um, You know, a coach is probably a better guesser than the average Joe. But by the same token, you kind of touched on it. Hey, if you're in the same division as quarterback as the quarterback from your rival, and there's some debate about whether or not he's first or second team, you're voting first team. Uh, if there's any debate about whether he's all conference, period, you're getting him on your all conference ballot because you don't want that coming back to haunt you when you have to play him that week. So, hey, there's a there's a method to all of it, and I, he, here's the thing: the SEC has so many good players. I think that. You know, you can start picking names out of a hat at some positions. Not all of them, but some of them. And there's a pretty good chance that in three or four picks, you're going to come up with a guy who's got a good chance to be all conference or play in the National Football League. I mean, there, there are that many good players in our league. So um, I think the best players are more easily identifiable than where they might land on a first, second, or third team. Yeah.
4: And I, I think about like Kendall Milton for Georgia and Jace McClellan for Alabama. Rocket and Quinshawn Judkins were the, the first team. They're out. all conference players. Yeah. It's just a question of what team. Exactly. And you can, there's a lot of guys that will be drafted. I do wonder one of the questions I had written down is Rocket, of course, the only first team selection from Arkansas. Alabama's got 10 overall all conference selections. Is Rocket, even with what's going on with the running back position in the National Football League right now, is he your. Is he most likely player to get drafted the highest next year? That's where I have him at. But I do wonder again with the stuff going on with the running backs in the National Football League, if that's something that I think we saw Jameer Gibbs and maybe one or two other guys go off the board in the first round, if he could be a first rounder well, this next year.
3: We've seen a few running backs, like you say, go higher as of late, but as a rule, mm-hmm. running backs don't go till third round kind of anymore. Now there there have been a few exceptions to that in recent years, but um you know, could, could a guy like Landon Jackson, who now certainly has the measurables, have a have a blowout season this year and really turn some heads? You know, a guy like that, you know, could certainly be someone that, uh, that steps up there. You know, so I, I think it's just way, way too early to say.
0: Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas
4: everybody now that we're in the thick of summer you might be looking to lose a little weight get that lake body ready that river body whatever body you're trying to get going this summer you can do that with factor america's number one ready to eat meal kit it can help you fuel up fast and it's quick And it's easy. Plus, no one has time to cook in the summer. We're off going on vacation. We're helping out with the kids. This, again, helps skip that trip to the grocery store, the prepping, the cleaning, all that in just one quick meal. It's fresh, it's never frozen, and it's ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and eat. And again, this is awesome, premium, ready-to-eat meals. 34-plus options. Listen to some of these bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, grilled steakhouse filet mignon, and again, ready in just two minutes. So whether it's for lunch, you're just doing it on the go, or you're just trying to be calorie conscientious this summer, you can do it with Factor, plus 30 grams of protein each meal with each Serving again, all these different flavor packed options keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, whatever you're looking for, you can do it with Factor. Plus, there's about 45 plus add ons as well, including breakfast items. Don't forget about that as well. 100% is what you're going to get with Factor this July. Take advantage and get order factor two minutes, no less. Head to factormeals.com again, F A C T O R meals. and enter the code slash HTL50. Again, factormeals.com slash HTL50. And use that code, HTL50, to get 50% off your order. Again, 50% off your order this July. That's, again, HTL50. HTL50, 50% off your meal for Factor. And again, that is August as well. You're going to get in both July and August 50% off. Just use the code HTL50. Try Factor today. Again, factormeals.com slash HTL50. your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit.
0: Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics.
4: I was a little surprised. That the Alabama Crips and Tide were voted ahead of the LSU Tigers in the SEC West and to meet Georgia in the SEC Championship. Georgia selected, of course, to, to win the thing again. But, guys, as much talk as LSU got prior to this week, I did find it interesting. Now, we spoke to the fact that eight people selected Vanderbilt to win the SEC East. So maybe this thing's flawed. Maybe you can take it a number of different ways on this selection. But uh, Lane Kiffin... Brought up the fact that uh, not just Paul Feinbaum, but others like myself are doubting that Nick Saban is, uh, is going to have a bad year. Here's what he said in frustration like, man. You guys riled him up again.
3: Man, all these first-round picks, and he loses these coordinators. Like That's why we have five mom, so he can motivate him every other year and say, oh, his dynasty's over, and this is the end of Saban. And then we're like, hey, thanks a lot for pissing him off. And Paul's always wrong on this subject, and he just did it again the other day. If he doesn't make the playoffs, not any good as a coach.
1: So thanks, Paul.
4: Again, Alabama lost so much from last year. Three first-round picks, Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Jameer Gibbs, and yet they're reloading and have 10 all-SEC preseason selections this year.
1: Where'd you vote him, Ty? I had him
4: at second. I wasn't a, I didn't How do you
1: ha- finish second with three losses? I didn't have the gall, Chuck,
4: because they're going to have one conference oh, loss goal, in Texas.
1: Gall's not the word. Well, I can't say the but, other uh, word, Chuck. Um,
4: We're um, on FCC-regulated airwaves.
1: But. What I'm saying is, is that you're talking out of both sides of your mouth, and you're not the only one. You're not uh, the only one. Lots of media people are talking out of both sides of their mouths when it comes to Alabama. Oh, they're slipping, they're sliding, but they want to cover their backsides by voting them first or second. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. So, But now, I thought the interesting thing during the week was how the narrative changed, and it turned when Kiffin made his comments. Early in the week, the narrative was LSU's going to be voted first, and Alabama's slipping a little bit, and they don't know who the quarterback's going to be, and by the end of the week, Alabama's voted first again. You know, the narrative had changed. It's like, oh, they've they've awakened a sleeping giant. Um, You know, Kiffin put it a little bit different way, but... Um, I just thought that was interesting during the week. At the start of the week, Alabama, you know, is Alabama slipping? And by the end of the week, it's, oh, Saban's mad now. We better vote him first. Yeah. So um, I'm not surprised. I'd have voted him first if I'd been there. They're more likely to win the national title than to only win nine games. They're
4: more likely to win the national title than only win nine regular season games. I can't I can't push back on that. But, I don't,
1: but, like, but, but I don't think either one's going to happen. I don't think either one's going to
4: happen. And the key, the key in this, Chuck, you asked how are they going to be second in the West and three. They're going to lose one non-conference game to Texas in week two, and then they're going to lose two conference games.
1: That's not what you said earlier. <laughs> I switched it off. <laughs> That's not on. what you said earlier. I'm, I have... Uh, 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 I'm I'm calling you out on yeah, that. Well, That's not what you said. Hey, listen,
4: bull butter. The posts. It's like you said. The post SEC media days. You change things up a little bit, and I just want that to happen. So,
1: what was said this week that made you change your mind? <laughs> what insightful comment? Yeah. Shift, what happened shifted shifted that made you change?
4: I don't know, man. There's too many to count. It's, it's hard to... Brain gets all jumbled. I think a lot bit. of
3: this uh, change of perspective happened late, late at night is what I think happened.
4: I think he's
1: playing it on both sides of the fence well, is what I think. I
4: don't think, again, I jokingly said they're going to go 7-5 and five just you to rile some people. You jokingly say it. You, you said it up. with conviction. No, this, you said it with conviction, I man. think you pounded your fist on the desk the while you, you were nine, declaring this. The 9-3 and three was brought up with some vigor and some intensity. You because there's actually time some went to substantial seven and five. You had them losing five you guys games are both, to one both. You moment. guys are both more hammered than I was on Wednesday night. That that was never said Dude, to
2: you. I was Christian.
1: Do we have the tape on that. I have on nothing that? to do with any of this. I don't,
3: I'm
0: sure it's somewhere, yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean. I'm sure. There was a moment you you had them losing to Arkansas, to Texas, to LSU, you had five different games they were going to lose. I don't
4: think that was said. Y'all can, uh, I guess, in, you you can bring up the tape if you want to do that, but I don't think that was said. But back to again the Alabama discussion, the to what say or what? Excuse me, what Lane Kiffin said is something that again changed the narrative as Chuck is talking about. But the same was said last year, okay. The exact same thing was said last year. Oh, y'all think Saban's losing? All Who this said game. it last year? They said it. So after Georgia wins the, the national, the same media, your your lovely media friends down okay. there in national, right. well, you're
1: losing. You're you're losing credibility with every word. The yeah.
4: same thing. Oh, Yeah, that's believable. oil. Um, but the same similar things were said about Nick Saban and company last year. How they, they were going to go on a revenge tour. How they were going to do this and they were going to do that.
1: And they didn't even make the SEC championship game. Do you say? Well, I, don't, I don't recall all those conversations. Oh, I do. Maybe they were had by uh, some people that I've never heard of, but um, I don't recall those things being said. Well, they were voted to win the SEC last year,
4: and they didn't do it. They're voted again this year. We'll see if they accomplish it and again. Two games decided by four points. That's not exactly. But that's a
3: long ways from nine and three. Yeah, you know.
4: um, again, that's
3: what They've won the national title without making the SEC championship. That is true, yes. So making the SEC championship, while notable and while a great accomplishment, does not necessarily, you know,
1: ensure... So just to be clear, just to be clear, your your rearranged story now is... (laughs) Rearranged. LSU wins the West. Correct. Alabama finishes second. Yes, with two conference losses. With two conference losses. So you're saying everybody else in the West... The best they can do is five and three. Nobody else goes better than five and three. Alabama goes six and two. LSU goes at least seven and one. Correct. Just wanted to make sure I understand your argument. Yes, LSU. This will is not, on the record, July the, the twenty fourth. And they lose to Texas. And yes. they lose to Texas. If you want to
4: make some money this fall at home. you'll bet they're going to lose gone. to
1: Texas at home.
4: Yeah, and they'll lose two other games at home
1: too. Is Arkansas going to be one of? Yes, them? they are. They Who's are the other? LSU. LSU, will they Tennessee. playing Tuscaloosa this nope. year? Yes, they'll beat Tennessee at home. That game. So, so Alabama loses three games at home and runs the table on the road. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. Is
3: that a yes? I, I yes. Want to, okay. All I right. just want to be declared okay. because, Christian, you have no other job today other than <laughs> to preserve this audio, put it somewhere safely, that Ty cannot erase it. I want you to hide it in a hidden folder somewhere deep within a hard drive here at the radio station <laughs> where he cannot find it. So when none of this occurs, Everything. which it won't, we can bring this back out when he declares that he saw it all coming, <laughs> that he saw Alabama winning the West, that he saw Alabama winning the national title, we can roll this audio and back out. That is your only job today.
4: Just to be clear, just to be abundantly, perfectly clear at 727 on a Monday morning, I would much, if Arkansas won 10 games and Alabama went undefeated in one of the national championship. I would much rather that scenario to play out than... Alabama just winning nine games just to be a black. I don't care if this prediction comes right as long as Arkansas does better. Just want to make that perfect. As, as much as I love being right, as much as One I love being One doesn't have anything
1: in. to do with the other.
4: That is true, but I just want to again, we're talking about <laughs> yeah. Alabama.
1: I mean I don't I mean I hate to blow up your, your point there, but it doesn't have anything to do with I'm it I'm just saying you know, I hope I shoot a 78
3: next week while Arkansas <laughs> goes to the final four basketball.
1: I'm just saying <laughs> I would much rather
4: Arkansas football have success than me being right on this. If Alabama was to run the table you. and do all that, I just again, that's the important thing in all this, because to getting back to what Eddie said, getting to that 10 win threshold would be pretty great at some point. And again, you have the running back and the quarterback to do it at some point. You just don't know if you have the the rest of the position group guys to to handle it. And I, I think I, I think a lot more people would have a higher value opinion of Arkansas if they didn't have that four game gauntlet. I think if you don't have that in the schedule, there's a lot different opinions about this football team this year. But everyone I talked to this week say, hey what do you think about Arkansas? They refer to that every stinking time. Every time.
1: Well, oh, it's 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 going to be a tough stretch. There's no doubt about it, and it'll in many ways define the season. Um, you know, you hope that you can just survive that and come out on the other side, and you still got to go to Florida after that. So it's not like there's going to be a real let up, but it is going to be nice play home game in between all that. But yeah, that's the um, you know, and I think we all have seen before, and and we know that there are times when that game in Arlington. Kind of wrecks your home schedule, and this is one of those years. Yeah, but think about what you just said there, and then you go to Florida.
3: I mean, this is the year where you can make the case out of those four games, and add Florida for a five-game discussion. Florida's the easiest spot in that five games, and that that I think is a mouthful when Florida becomes maybe the easiest road spot out of a four-game stretch. Then you add a, a road trip to Florida that puts it in perspective for me. I know Florida's not what they've been in the past, but. It won't be easy to win in the Swamp at all, and it may be the easiest of those five particular games to go on the road and get a win.
4: Great time. After Georgia, oh. your bye week's of the week before. Couldn't ask for a better time to play Florida, and they might have quarterback-slash-coaching issues at that point, too. It's a long way out, 40 days out from Arkansas football, long way out from SEC football, but that's the setup when you play the Gators, potentially. One of the news items that got lost in the shuffle a little bit kind of over the weekend on Friday is the fact that Keon uh, Minifield is a non-scholarship redshirt now for the 2023-2024 basketball season on the basketball team. There is now one scholarship open for the team. Now, don't know if that's going to go to Kate Arbogast or Lawson Blake or if there's a grad transfer who could... Decide, Hey, Fayetteville, there's a spot open. I want to end up. But that was kind of the big basketball story that we got at the tail end of the week.
3: Yeah, and I don't imagine this uh, came as any kind of rash surprise. This is maybe something that, that Musk will have an answer for. Like you said, I don't know what the, the options are at this point. The timing, Chuck, certainly isn't ideal here in late July.
1: Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't know much about this, to be honest with you, other than what you guys know about it. I don't know if it means another guy's coming in. I, we'll just have to see how it unfolds. I remember Musk saying, you know, a few weeks back that, you know, you know what your roster is when school starts, mm-hmm. and we're not to the point yet where school started. Yeah, right. So there's certainly the potential for more change, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what the reasoning is behind this. But I don't think that. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if this was solely his decision. I don't know if this was a team decision. I, I would imagine it was made in in some sort of combination there, but I I just don't know the particulars.
4: The only and we hadn't had a chance to talk with Eric Musselman about this yet. I don't know when the next time we'll be able to do that. But the only thing that's listed on the website is that we Will Redshirt the 2023 2024 seasons at Arkansas. There's so there's not a lot of intel and information on this news. We just know what's happening at this point.
3: So, I mean, like I said, I think the the other shoe to drop would be how and where you award that scholarship, Mm -hmm. whether it's another player or, you know, or, or whether it's internal,
4: you do again. You have a good chunk of guards on this basketball team. You think about Devo, Joseph Pinion coming back. You added L. Ellis, Caleb Battle, Tremon Mark, Jeremiah Davenport, and then also Layden Blocker out of the high school ranks. I don't know what Muss is trying to supplement, if anything, out of the uh, grad transfer. If there will be another guard or what he was going to do, but this is again something we learned a week or so ago. Grad transfers have the ability to transfer at any time. They are not enclosed within the transfer portal parameters and other guys that have not graduated yet. So again, the guy decided, hmm, there's a spot open in Fayetteville. This might be a better place for me than where I am now. This is, again, the utilization that Arkansas could, if they choose to do this and go that route, take with the portal. Yeah, and one thing Sam Pittman taught and
3: we're talking basketball over here, but last week Sam Pittman was speaking about grad transfers, mm-hmm. portal, all of these subjects, and uh, made the point that... If you're a grad transfer, one transfer should be the limit. That that you know, multiple transfers as a grad transfer should be, uh, should be taken off the table. So we'll see. I, I know we're talking about two different sports here, but it's the same philosophy. Is you know, could someone that's maybe already made a transfer as a grad transfer now come here like you're proposing? Should that even be allowed in football or basketball? Those are things that I think the sports in general and in the NCAA in general is trying to
1: figure out. It's going to be hard to rein in. The transfers among players who've already graduated it's going to be hard to rein that in uh they've got the one-time transfer rule now for undergraduates but it's going to be hard to change things once a kid graduates um that's 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 going to be a hard one to change i don't know what they've got planned i and i won't pretend that i do but obviously they've got some kind of plan and by the time school starts in august I'll bet all those scholarships are taken. Yeah, and then we also
4: mentioned there's no penalty now if your head coach moves on, like at one point in time. We've already seen the one-time transfer rule. Now if you sign with the school and the head coach ends up leaving, there doesn't – that was one of the other rules that they added. There's no penalty for that from now on. It's not if your position coach leaves, but if the head coach leaves, mm-hmm. they've added that.
3: Yeah, so, I mean – yeah, I, this thing is still going to be in flux for a while because there's there's just too much conversation about revisions and, and, and the ch- and changing these rules. So, I mean, there, there seems to be quite an appetite right now for, for dialing some of this in. Hey, want to remind you, tomorrow and Thursday, your next chances to qualify for the football trip of a lifetime. If you could eat a monster two ther- two-thirds-pound burger at Hardee's uh, between 11 and 1, uh, show up and be there at uh, Rogers Avenue on Tuesday, or, pardon me, Phoenix Avenue on uh, Tuesday, and on Thursday, we'll be at the Rogers Avenue location. So, two chances this week to qualify for the football trip of a lifetime. You can see the Chiefs and the Eagles play. We'll give that trip away in about a month. So, uh, be sure and get by Hardy's right now and register and get yourself qualified for the football trip of a lifetime from Hardy's and ESPN Arkansas.
4: Tommy, we haven't had a chance to talk about this just yet, but I know you wanted to touch on the high some high school realignment stuff within the state.
3: There, there's two proposals that are going to be voted on by the member schools of the Arkansas Activities Association today. Um, Henry Apple had a great piece in the paper this weekend, and this could forever change the landscape of how things are done because you they're, they're trying to figure out um, they're trying to figure out what's going on with with the the, the equity uh, with the private schools. I'm not getting, I'm not getting the phrase exactly right. I don't have it right in front of me, but um, and how you classify those. And in the past, you would. You would qualify your schools or the way it's been done. You would get your, your top 16 schools for seven, eight, 16 schools for six. And then you would add in the private schools as needed and you end up with these unbalanced conferences. So there's proposal seven and proposal eight that could have drastic changes on conference alignment and the way schools are put into conferences. And uh, it could be a, a, a pretty substantial vote depending on if one or both of those pass today. And I know... Coaches, administrators, and people that stay in tune with high school sports are paying close attention to the vote today because it's going to have dramatic effects not for this year's school but for next year's classification in what would be the 24-25 cycle. So um, that's something certainly to keep an eye on today that's happening in our state, and it's going to affect everything from 2A to to 7A, no matter where you're listening this morning. So keep an eye on that, and we'll, uh, we'll have maybe some more on that coming up tomorrow.
4: Buffalo Wild Wings just dropped two new sauces for a limited time to try on your traditional or boneless wings. Come into any participating Buffalo Wild Wings and try our new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and Jonesboro to try the new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. While supplies last, get yours today. Buffalo Wild Wings. It's
3: Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free
1: estimate today. Gopascal.com
4: get what you want without settling for less we can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake come see nathan and let him tell you all the details you can get exactly what you want at joshua's fine jewelry in beautiful downtown russellville
1: core jewelry
0: you're listening to the bud light morning rush podcast bud light proud sponsor of arkansas athletics Rocket Sanders headlines
4: Arkansas's All-SEC selections from media days as the media picked four Razorbacks on the All-SEC teams. Rocket first team, and then you have three second teamers. You have Brady Latham, K.J. Jefferson, and Dwight McLaughlin all picked in the second team. In addition to that, they selected Arkansas to finish fifth in the SEC West, uh, hopefully the fourth time that the media has gotten Arkansas's predictions and where they end up correctly. Tommy, I voted them fourth. Did you put them at fourth as well? I believe I had them at four. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's uh, that, It was kind of thinking, shaking out. Arkansas at
3: four and Vanderbilt at one, baby. That's how we roll around <laughs> here.
4: <laughs> uh, Evidently, that's how some people yeah, roll. Yeah, apparently so. Well... Listen, I was I was told on Tuesday night there was a group of media members that were going to select Vanderbilt to finish first in the SEC East. I didn't think they'd have the you know what to
1: do. It they did, and what's uh, us Why do you think that's a good thing? Why would somebody think that's a good thing? I don't think it's a. He's asking you why uh, you think they would think it is. They think it's. Yeah. It's why? funny. They think it's funny. Why would they think that's a good thing? They think it's funny. Really. Yep. Huh. Well, that was okay. there. That was their. I guess what that's the objective now is to be funny. I guess that's the objective now is to be funny. I don't know. I I you know, I don't want to go overboard on this. I mean, some oh, media please no, 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 This is Go r- overboard. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. that some media guys would sit around over a beer. And say, I'm going to vote for Vanderbilt. A beer they didn't pay for, by the way. And, uh, I I mean, I, I just think that is the silliest thing. And those people shouldn't have been credentialed. They shouldn't have been there. And they make everybody else look silly. Makes a mockery of the poll. And, as I said earlier, I mean, this has gone over the years into, it's turned into an event where it's the media celebrating themselves. That's what this is about. It's what it's turned into. They interview one another. They fall all over one another. They, 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 they try to get as close to their favorite media people, or at least the ones they want to be like someday. Mm-hmm. They try to get as close to them as they can. And they act like they've had a big week when it's over. And, you know, when you vote Vanderbilt number one, when you vote Vanderbilt to win the East, you're making a mockery of the poll, and you don't deserve to be there. You shouldn't be credentialed. Whoever those eight are, in my mind, they should be stripped, and they shouldn't be allowed to come back.
3: Vanderbilt got more first-place votes in the East than
1: South Carolina, than Kentucky,
3: than Florida, than Missouri. They uh, they by, by based on first-place votes alone, they would have finished third in the East. And that's not how well the
1: poll works, I, I, I mean. Look at uh, um, you know just 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 look at. You know, the teams that, that, that got first place votes. And I know things can happen differently than what we all you know predict will begin or, you know, happen at the end of the year, but I'm looking right now at this guys, you know, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, LSU. Those are the only four teams in our league that got more first place votes than Vanderbilt. And I'm supposed to take this poll seriously? I'm supposed to take the people that voted this way seriously? I mean, give me a break. Hey, the good the good news is I can tell you, if somebody votes Vanderbilt first in the East when they're about 28, 29, 30 years old, by the time they're thirty five, they're gonna be doing something else. I promise you that.
3: Now, to put it, in I pers- promise you that that was eight out of two hundred ninety one votes. So it's Vanderbilt. Yeah, I understand, but I mean, I am just Vanderbilt. Putting the perspective of of what the eight votes did in in relation to the total number of ballots. There was 291 ballots.
4: So what was more surprising on the west side of the teams that got selected? You got AM got one vote. Arkansas got three. Auburn got four. And State got one. Again, Ole Miss, the only team that wasn't selected for. Well,
3: you've got an all-conference quarterback and a first-team all-conference running back at Arkansas. You can make a case, you know, that, that Arkansas could find a path there. I think, you know, Auburn's a little more questionable in my mind. And State's got a great returning quarterback. We have one vote. But, I mean, that, that, that Those three teams are not in the same conversation as Vanderbilt, in my opinion.
4: Oh. Again, Alabama edges out LSU with 165 first-place votes over the Tigers, and uh, that's ended up where it ended up was on that. I want to also mention uh, um, one of the, the biggest high school studs basketball-wise in the state, Anur Boatain out of Central. He's narrowed his list of schools, Arkansas includes got LSU, Georgia Tech, Missouri, Virginia Tech, Ohio State, Auburn, and Indiana. Guys, this is the top 10 kid in 2024. He's supposed to make his official visit to Arkansas at the end of this week. And hopefully that goes well because this is one of the more talented in-state players. you got a five-star in this upcoming class.
3: Can't let the best players in your state get away. I mean, it just you, you can say that. You can, just, in, you can inscribe that on the on the Bud Walton Arena uh, facade outside or whatever. I
4: mean, you just can't let them get away. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. And, the, again, the philosophy how Muss is going to utilize it and other coaches in college basketball moving forward. With talented in-state players is going to be interesting when it comes to how he goes about that. I'm but, yeah.
3: glad you got the program on track to the point where there is no I mean, I'm not saying that there is no other thought or another other options, but now Arkansas is a legitimate option for these in-state kids, where in the past it hasn't always been that
4: way. Yep. I'd say that's a good way to frame it. That is going to do it for your Hog Update this morning. It's brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You
2: don't have to put up with any malarkey call 888- Eight
4: sparky. So Brian Harman gets it done over the weekend in Liverpool. And Harmon makes his history at Hoylake. And Tommy, one of the things you noticed, like everyone else did, is Fleetwood grew up about 30 miles from that course, so he was a favorite. Rory McElroy finishes once again inside a top 10 in the major, going on a decade almost that he still hasn't won. But... Those were, again, Americans are never necessarily the favorites or the, the guys that you're liking. He was 125-1 to 1 odds to win that thing. And he, you know, top 30
3: player in the world. I think he was 26 coming into this event, Chuck, but he was clearly not the crowd favorite even till the very end where, I mean, he had it more or less sealed up. The crowd was uh,
1: trying to do all they could to knock him off the pedestal. Well, it would have been that way if it had been some up-and-coming guy and, you know, we were playing the U.S. Open. It would have been the same way. Um, if 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 he'd been going against uh, some players from from other places, and I understand those guys there being the favorites, um, but you know Harmon, I don't think any of us had Brian Harmon on our scorecard um, in terms of guys who was going to win this thing. But he's obviously a very very gifted player. I got to be truthful; I didn't know a whole lot about him before this weekend. I don't know how many people that that follow golf do or did. Certainly, the casual observer, I don't think, didn't. But Hey, he had a great tournament. I mean, wow, he just never faltered, made all his putts, hit all his shots, and didn't give anybody else a chance.
4: And then, Tommy, you followed it up with a great outing on Sunday, too. So you watched him, you're like, oh, i got to go play.
3: (laughs) Well, I don't think that's exact. I don't think one necessarily uh, inspired the other. No, maybe not.
4: (laughs) So we mentioned Arkansas's All-SC selection. There's four of them. Guys, I want of the guys that were not listed on the first or second or third team, offensively or defensively, I want to know who you think has the best chance to make the postseason list, the list that actually matters at 877-377-6963 on the McLarty-Daniel hotline. If I had to select one guy to wind up in the postseason would be Chris Poopall Jr. I love watching that guy play last year, play behind Drew Sanders and Bumper Pool. a lot of times and sometimes was on the field with them. But I, I think I love the way he talks and speaks with the media. He's come across to me as a leader at times. He was the one of the guys that we had speculated might be at SEC media days. If I had to pick one guy on this roster that wasn't a preseason selection, he would be my guy to wind up at the end.
1: Certainly possible. I mean, he would be the one that I would probably look towards as well. I don't know if he's going to be a first-teamer no matter how good a year he has. It's going to be R. Dunn, C. Dallas Turner, and Harold Perkins there. You know, some of the other guys, when you get into the second and third teams, a lot of it has to do with stats. And when you look at preseason teams, a lot of times they're dominated by guys who've been around the block. But, you know, Arkansas has had um, good numbers. In terms of tackles with their linebackers, if you look at you know Bumper and uh, Grant Morgan and Drew Sanders, um, they've been on a lot of plays and they've piled up some really big numbers. And sometimes when you get into the second and third team, that's that's what kind of you know gets you there, leaves you off. And I would imagine they'll have pretty good numbers when the season ends.
3: Some guys you need to be at that level that aren't now, but maybe postseason would be would be. Uh, to me, your offensive line, Brady Latham and Bo Limmer. Boy, if you could get one or one or both of those guys on some kind of postseason team, they didn't make the preseason teams, I think that probably means you had a pretty good year if you had two of your interior linemen mm-hmm. on that list. So I'll go
1: with Latham and Limmer. Well La- La- Latham's on there. Limmer is not. I think he will be. I think Bo Limmer will, mm-hmm. if, if Arkansas has a good year, now the thing you have to remember is that for a lot of teams, and Arkansas is one of them, you've got to have a good year before you're going to have players on these all-teams. And if Arkansas has a good year, I'll bet Bo Limmer's on a team when the season ends.
3: I thought you just meant first team. But, yeah, I mean, th- those are two guys that I would like to see
1: get up there. I, I mean, well, it's going to be hard to crack. You know, if you're not a preseason all-conference selection, it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's going to be hard to crack the first team. I'm just talking about any team in
4: general yeah. at that point. because yeah. I, I mean, Chuck just laid it out. Chris could have an, an awesome year at linebacker. But, I mean, Harold Perkins and Dallas Turner – or two of the highest-respected linebackers, not just in the SEC but in all of college football. Dallas Turner kept Drew Sanders off the field in Tuscaloosa. And now with Willie Anderson gone, he's going to be the mainstay in there for Nick Saban and Kevin Steele. So, yeah, it's despite what Chris could do, it's just going to be hard to jump those two. Maybe he gets well, the third slot, but I wouldn't expect he, him to make a yeah, first he, team.
1: He, we were talking about Bo Limmer. The first-team selection is from Georgia. Second-team selections from Alabama. If Georgia and Alabama both win their divisions, those two guys are going to be one and two. I mean, you can just count on that unless they go down to a season-ending injury because that's just how it works. So, you know, that's why I say if Arkansas has a good year, I think Lemmer's got a chance to crack a team somewhere. Um, You know, is it the expense of one of those two guys? I don't know. But if Arkansas has a good year, he'll be on somebody's all team. Mm Yeah. I'd be curious from an
4: all-freshman perspective if Luke has, who probably has the best chance to make that based on what we've heard about him in practice, if there's any other Razorback that just came in this recruiting cycle that not only would have a chance to be a freshman all-SEC guy, but also may, like ha- contribute and, and play as much. That seems to be the guy that we've talked about the most as a true freshman. We'll get more inside once fall camp gets rolling again, but... That would be the guy that I think most people point to as a freshman all-teamer.
1: Well, if Arkansas is going to be good on offense, he may have to be that guy because that tight end is so important. And we focus on the tight end in terms of the short passing game. Tight end's really important in your running game. I mean, uh, it's really important to have somebody there who can play that position well and block. And, you know, we focus on sometimes physical size when we think about blocking with tight ends. But, You know, understanding the game and and how you make your reads. And there's all sorts of things that go into every position. And certainly that tight end's one of them. And if Arkansas is going to be good offensively, they're going to need production out of that spot. And if you want to talk about freshmen that are going to be put in positions or are at positions where they're going to be called upon just by necessity. I think the tight end may be at the top of that list. You think about what you have there,
4: Nathan Bax, Ty Washington, Farkees Gums, who you brought in from North Texas, and Luke Howes out of uh, Bixby High School. So, again, you've got some more depth that you added there, and it's just a matter of fact. I mean, we got to go back. Last time Dan Enos was here, you had a Mackey Award winner. Hunter, of course, is playing the National Football League for a reason. For a reason, He's done, again, enough on his own to get to that point. But the utilization of the tight ends you are talking about is definitely something that Dan Enos – is going to want to use that you didn't necessarily have
1: well you don't grow hunter henry's now and you don't grow dj Williams's. Mm-hmm. i mean those 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 were special players um i think guys like backs will be invaluable in the running game nathan backs is a good player he's caught a pass or two here and there um i don't think he's chopped liver at that spot um but all those guys are going to have to contribute somebody's going to have to emerge somebody's going to have to become a mainstay at that spot but they all bring different things. I don't know that you have that combination right now of, of, of a Hunter Henry or a DJ Williams where they can do a little bit of everything. Has, I think, has the ability to develop into that kind of player, though.
4: Mm-hmm. Rocket was, again, first-team all SECs the one lone selection you had. Guys, highest you've had at the running back position since... Nile was it in it in 2012. We've talked about Tyler being preseasoned, but again, there's a lot of respect out there for Rocket Sanders and, and Quinshot Judkins, what the, the, the two first-teamers on this league. And again, you're expecting Rocket to have
1: an explosive season based on that. It all works together, though. Um, it's not just respect for Judkins, and it's not just respect for Rocket. It's respect for those offensive lines. It's respect for that (laughs) offense. It's respect for the quarterback. I mean, um, individual awards are team awards in many respects, and I think they know Arkansas is going to be physical when they run the football, and I think the numbers show that Ole Miss runs the football very, very well statistically. You look at their numbers, and Judkins will pile up big numbers this year. I'm certain of that. And um, But I think it's as, it's as much a respect for the offense and the way they operate as it is for those players. I'm curious – in
4: Ole Miss in Oxford, how that quarterback situation shakes out. You bring in Spencer Sanders from Stillwater in the offseason. You brought in, it's either Schuyler Walker, Howard from LSU. And, of course, Jackson Dark's still on campus. If we see at some point this season a quarterback change there, because there was inconsistencies at that position, and really how that affects Ole Miss this year, who, by the way, was picked above Arkansas. Yeah.
1: Well, I think if Ole Miss runs the football well, any of those guys will have a chance to do a decent job, and I think Ole Miss will run the football well. I don't think they're as gifted at quarterback there as they've been maybe, you know, when Corral was there, for example. I think they were better at that spot when Corral was there, but Darts, you know, he, he's nobody's pushover, and but I'll go back to a point I've made, and I'll make it again quickly. You're going to see more games won or lost between the tackles this year and the SEC than maybe last year. I believe that Ole Miss may be one of those teams. We may be one of those teams. You never know. What do you think? You can join the
3: conversation this morning on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Call or text us right now, 877-377-6963. That is the McClarty. Daniel Hotline. Hey, do you have a loan with a variable to balloon interest rate that's going to reprice soon? That could be a problem for the amount of your monthly payment. Let Farm Credit lock in a long-term fixed rate for you. Farm Credit's terms are the longest terms in the ag industry, ensuring you'll have peace of mind for years to come. And don't worry, if rates adjust, you can easily adjust your rate, again, with no refinancing application, no new appraisals, and no new title work. They make it simple at Farm Credit. Find a farm credit office near you at myaglender.com. That's myaglender.com. Farm credit is an equal housing lender.
4: One of the great things about the Open this weekend is it's early. So if you have some stuff you got to do with the kiddos or the wife or whoever in the afternoon, you have the uh, ability to do that. It's a little different than primetime golf. But, guys, it concludes with Brian Harmon getting it done. And uh, just out of the setup and the ambiance surrounding the Open, uh, Tommy, I know, again, this is one of your favorite majors of the year.
3: Well, I mean, just – the the elements you got to battle we're in july and we're always watching these guys wear you know yesterday rain suits but it's it's not uncommon they're wearing sweaters and full winter gear it's just the the climate change of of what we're we're watching there so it's a battle of the course it's link style golf it's the wind it's the rain it's all of it uh i don't you know it's one of the hardest tests in golf the u.s open can grow the rough deep but they can't make the wind blow chuck
1: no it's always interesting to watch i always enjoy watching the final round on sunday morning um you know, I'm still not sold on the way the the golf world has their majors set up. You know, it's interesting. We didn't mention it on Friday. Never came up on Friday in our conversation. And I would say of the majors this year, it's the only time that's happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think necessarily we missed the boat. I just don't think people were interested in it the way they were. Maybe some of the other majors. It felt a little bit like how the PGA Championship used to feel when it was last. Now, they did that in the fall, and they ran it up against football season, which wasn't very smart. I, I, I would imagine that this will be the lowest rated of the four major golf tournaments. I've not seen the numbers yet. Um, and, you know, it, it, you find yourself sometimes in that final major or, or that last one where you're, you're going up against other things you're going up against football, primarily. Let me just put it that way. You're going up against football. Mm -hmm. And I think at least in our part of the world, um, the British Open was a distant second to what was going on with with college football last week. And I don't know that it was that way worldwide, but I know when the national conversation is not steered toward a major championship and then you've got a runaway winner, I can't imagine their numbers are going to be that good. Having said that, I love the British Open on Sunday morning. The house is quiet. You're the first one up. You get to watch, drink your coffee. Nobody talks to you. Um, <laughs> that's that's always pretty good to me.
4: Now, on that subject, where do you put it? Where do you? Do you I mean, you have to keep it as this. Again, y'all are more of the golf experts than me. Do you just is is it just kind of landlocked at this point of the year, or should they? Well, you're change not moving. It?
3: You're not moving the Open Championship from July. The, the move has been the PGA from August. To, back. to May, mm-hmm. and and I've liked the change because, like Chuck is saying, you, you get into preseason football, the conversation, I think for us, it's just what Chuck said. Our our week, week-long week focus had been college football and SEC media days, and honestly, it, it got lost in the shuffle. Had Rory been leading, had a household name in golf, Tiger wasn't playing, mm-hmm. obviously, there would have been a storyline that would have probably drawn us into the conversation. We have a winner, and honestly, Brian Harmon, let's face it, Unless you really follow golf, and he's a top 30 player, but you probably had not paid a lot of attention or would know who Brian Harmon is. He's 36 well, years old. He wins his first major. Only Sergio is older to have won their first major. This is a, a a guy that's had a lot of top 10 finishes, Chuck, but finally unlocks the combination at the Open Championship.
1: This is the time of year when America goes on vacation. This is true. Yep. I just think that when you play a major championship in a month when America's on vacation... I sort of think so, you know things like this can happen I, you know and it's not you know, it's, it's not up to them to you know schedule the British Open when it works best for us I mean I, I'm not suggesting that but I'm just saying I think I do think that's got something to do with it.
4: I enjoyed his post-game comments after winning the Claret Jug, including what he had to say about the crowd and Tommy
0: Fleetwood. After I made the second bogey yesterday, a guy, when I was passing him, he said, Harmon, you don't have the stones for this. That helped. That was, it. That was the motivation?
4: <laughs> yeah, that helped a lot. So, again, he was very candid about some of the things. He couldn't initially express them fully because there were words probably said to him that weren't uh, –
3: you know, mm-hmm. we, we don't think about golf being a sport where you get heckled a lot. I mean, we we see it some of the Ryder Cup. You see it more in in uh, overseas and in international golf than you do here. Mm-hmm. It happens. I mean, you got the waste management open and some things that are a little more rowdy. But yeah. generally, the, the crowds politely watch and politely applaud, Chuck. It's it's a little unusual for golf that
1: the crowds, you know, involve themselves with the golfers. Oh, it goes on. We're as bad as anybody else. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> What? You look at some of those Ryder Cup crowds. I mean, I think that stuff goes on, and you've got to be prepared for that. And they are, you know, they are. And and um, did it provide him some motivation? He said it did. I think he'd want it anyway. To be very honest with you, but um, he said it did, so I guess it did. Well, and he never—I
3: don't say not under pressure, but he had the comfort of a five-shot lead most yeah. of the day. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't feel the collars too tight when you're no. when you're up five.
1: He wavered a little bit at the start. But, you know, I thought I, – I forget the hole when he knocked the ball into the deep grass and he was able to pitch up and save par. I mean, he was – I think my number is right on this. He was either 57 or 58 or 58 or 59. On putts inside ten feet, oh, yeah. and that's just—that's that's how you that's win. Just, yeah. yeah, that's just not even human, right there.
4: Well, I was going to ask about kind of the trash talking aspect of this. When you guys go play with your friends, how, how does that work? Do you guys? Well, that's
1: different, though. That's that's no, that's I, uh, you know that's a whole different deal. There.
4: I, I know, but again, there's certain. There there's certain people that I play with that don't so anything and there's other people I play with. You guys go with your like for for example on Sunday when you play It It depends on the
3: guys you're playing it depends with. Depends on the group. You know. There was twice yesterday I had a fabulous drive, heart of the fairway, inside a hundred yards, and made bogey. You know, oh, and walking time. off the green. My buddy turned to me and said, "Man, that was a really nice drive.
1: <laughs> you know, can't take that drive away from
3: no. you. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really nice drive."
4: I th- Chuck, I can see you talking, uh, chirping a little bit with your buddy. Now, again, it's a certain type of people. Like there's people you play with that you're. Well,
1: don't, don't, don't equate that with what went on yesterday at no. the British Open. It's two totally different things. Yeah. Needling I mean, your buddies on a Sunday afternoon is a totally different, different thing, thing than, than what is. happened. Over I there. mean, why would you go play golf with your buddies on a Sunday afternoon and just be quiet? Yeah, you know that wouldn't be any fun. But now let me tell you something: if there was a million and a half, two, three million dollars on the table, there wouldn't be a whole lot said. So I mean, it's just a whole different deal. Yeah, and Brian Harmon won three million dollars
3: and the claret jug with the uh, performance he had the last over you know those four days uh, in uh, in the in the Open Championship. I just think it was a fun watch. I like the time of the day. It's on. It's uh it's convenient for me. So.
4: I nearly had a heart attack. We had to Venmo our our golf money for when we we're gonna go play at the end of Fort Worth. I've never paid more than hundred fifty dollars bucks for a round. It was two hundred twenty-one. Woo! I have, and I Let's thought I was nice. gonna have a heart attack on something like well, that. Well, you
1: better not walk off any holes in disgust. You better not say I'm picking up. Nope. When you make 220 bucks, man, you got to get your money's worth. Every shot. You got to play every shot.
4: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.
0: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to
1: podcasts.